Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Matt DiBenedetto. Matt DiBenedetto. Matt DiBenedetto. Never mind. Asper ABC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Bonus edition today with Matt DiBenedetto, who is here as our guest on NASCAR America, graciously agreed to give us some of his time beforehand. So thanks for being here, Matt. Thanks for having me here. So pretty big week for you, I would imagine, coming off season best 16th at Richmond, where you ran around a lot of cars that you don't normally run around, as you said, after the race. What's it like coming off a week like that? Uh, very satisfying. And um yeah, something that we can be really proud of as a team. So it was, it was cool, man. Like, it was a really good week and fun just because there was zero attrition. I mean, it was everybody, everybody but maybe Newman, you know, was running at the end of the race. So uh, we legitimately raced in 16th. We legitimately passed Hendrick cars, Gibbs cars, you know, JTG cars, front row cars, uh, Penske cars. I mean, you you <laughs> name it. We we passed all of them. And um and we outraced a lot of really good cars. So I've been asked a lot, like, okay, where's your goal of where you want to finish today? And it's kind of hard to pinpoint a position. I, I look at more just who did we outrace today, you know? Is that something you've heard before, like the Bristol finish last year and in, in the past where, oh, you just finished higher because a lot of guys crashed out? Is that sort of what usually follows a good finish for you in Cup and it didn't this time, obviously? Yeah, you know, sometimes, obviously, Bristol was another one where there was, yeah, it may have been some attrition, but it was another one where we raced where we shouldn't have, you know, th- theoretically based on budget you know we outraced a lot of tremendous cars there but this one I mean I was honestly just as proud of a run like this running 16th at at Richmond just because there was no attrition and you're just flat out out racing people that you know it makes them really mad when the 32 car is out racing (laughs) which is cool for us as a team you know we hold our heads high it's just because we have we have really we may not have a lot of people but we have really good people well, I want to make sure you get proper credit. So let's run down the list. Finishing 16th ahead of Eric Almarola, Alex Bowman, Jamie McMurray, Ryan Blaney, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Paul Menard. That's a list of a lot of cars that have a lot more money than what you guys do. Do you hear from any of those guys after a race like that? I mean, you said you're kind of joking that like they probably get mad that they're getting passed by the 32. But do you get any sign of respect of like, hey, you guys really took it to us? A lot, actually. Yeah, really? it's um, as soon as the race was over, you know, the first one that text me it was Almondinger. Um, AJ texted me and was he said good job wheelman and I've gotten lots of compliments from different drivers uh, Larson same thing you know he texted me um, th- there's a lot of drivers that it's you know I, I know obviously at the same time if you drive by them or you you beat them you know they're that would be frustrating for them but at the same time it's neat that the amount of respect that we get from those guys at the same time you know they they know and are proud of us and and they appreciate and respect our the small teams in the sport too so dude the group of drivers that we have in the cup series now is is a really 
good group. And I, I feel like all of them I've gotten to know, like they all genuinely care so much about the sport and they care about, you know, teams like us. Although of course they don't want right. us to beat them, but when we do sure. have those runs at the same time, they, they congratulate us. You think they're probably cognizant of the fact that they could be in the same position if not for things breaking the right way. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, they, they, um, you know, I think it's the coolest part is that, well, not only respect our team and what we do, but they, uh, respect the way that I've had to go about it, you know, to just get here and clawing and fighting for everything that I've, I've gotten. And, um, it's, it's been pretty neat to have so much respect from, from the guys that I, you know, it's amazing that they give me that kind of respect because a lot of these guys are people that I've looked up to for so many years, you know, sure. like even, you know, guys like Harvick and, and Denny Hamlin and all, all these that I've looked up to for so long. And then they are complimenting me, you know, it's like, it's almost overwhelming or weird when you think about it. I'm like, man, yeah. I remember watching you as a kid, you know, I've been a big fan for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And Kyle Larson's respect for you goes back to you guys raced against each other as kids in Northern California, right? Uh, yeah, man. He, I've known Kyle. Um, oh gosh, since we were about eight years old um, <laughs> and we grew up racing together and it was always us battling for wins and, and um, yeah, it was it was fun. He's Kyle is one of my biggest uh, supporters or advocates. I guess it's it's so neat to have him always. Like uh, if he can throw in a good word for me, or if he's getting interviewed and they ask him who, you know, driver that you know, underrated or whatever you want to call it, you know, that makes a lot out of what he has or is talented, he always brings my name up, which is really cool for someone to go out of their way that much, you know, to compliment and and understand, you know how hard we're battling especially somebody like that who is you hear the other veterans talk about his otherworldly talent that you know he's a guy who can just jump in an open wheel car go and run dirt and win in like an outlaws car and for him to speak highly of you given the, the reputation he's garnered that's got to help your case i would think right? oh a ton kyle kyle larson is a freak of nature <laughs> his talent <laughs> is unbelievable so yes yeah, so i'll take uh, i uh, take that as a heck of a compliment right. coming from somebody who i think is I think one of the best drivers and is going to be one of the best drivers in the cup series period. Um, I mean, he's just kids just getting started. If you ask me enough for, so for him to say those kind of things and for him to have the talent he does and being a true racer that just flat out loves racing, just like I do. That's all we live for is just racing to get those compliments from someone like him. Pretty, pretty dang cool. So we mentioned 16th. Uh, that's your third top 25 in a row. You've had five top 25s in nine races this season, no top tens yet. But again, I would think are the expectations a little recalibrated given your situation, Matt, and is, is the top 25 range, is that pretty good for a team your size right now? Yeah. When we click off top 25s, that's, you know, in general, kind of a, a goal, I guess, for us. And if we can keep clicking off some top 25s, those are great solid runs. And if we do that every, you know, on a weekly basis, that means every week we're outperforming teams that again, you know, by budget and stuff, we, we shouldn't at all. So, so that's cool. But, um, you know, we've, uh, hopefully we'll click off, you know, a couple top tens, maybe this year, the speed, the super speedways, of course, are our best, uh, shots at runs like that. And, you know, we got, um, you know, we finished top 10 last year at Indy. So that was a odd one to get a top 10 right. at, but, uh, right. yeah, so hopefully there's, we can get some shots at that, but the top 25s are great. Top 20s are are great if we can sneak in some top 15s and maybe a top 10 that would be you know incredible and you've got a new crew chief this year and is it randy cox yes your, so i would take it that relationship is is gelling pretty well based on the results oh man i couldn't uh i can't even say enough good about about the guy randy is uh you know he's a guy that i always respect i didn't know personally really at all actually i didn't know him at all um personally i just 
I've I've paid attention over the years, and I watched him and um, you know a couple of different drivers, but him and Cole Witt when they were at Swan yeah. Racing, and then they moved to BK for a little bit. Um, they always outperformed the teammates by quite a lot. Like I was like, man, how is that car? Like how are they finishing? You know, like seven spots better than their teammates, and and it always puzzled me. And then I got to hearing about this Randy Cox, the crew chief. That's you know, and everyone was talking about how good he was, and. And I was like, huh. And then it just caught my attention and paid attention to him ever since. And everywhere I saw him go, it was like, man, that guy makes a big difference in every team he goes to. It's unbelievable. So he's the first name that came to mind when uh, when we parted ways with my old crew chief, Gene. And I was immediately, I was like, Randy, we need to talk to that guy. I don't know him personally. We need to figure <laughs> out how to talk to that guy. Yeah. And uh, reached out and it just, the stars aligned. He happened to be available or where he could make it work and come do this. And Dude, the guy, I, I literally couldn't say enough good about him. I've never, I've never meshed with somebody that well in my whole life. Like, it's like we've been working together ten years. It's unbelievable. So, and you didn't know him. It was just, I know he does really well with these other teams. So let's just give it a shot, and it worked out better than you could have expected. Yeah, me and my my team owner uh, Archie and our general manager Mason, we all had kind of seen the same thing out of him. And when he was at BK Racing, and 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 he's he's had an interesting career. You know, he was a head of R&D at Red Bull Racing, and he's done a lot of incredible things where he's, like, taken teams and turned them around and found a whole lot of speed for teams. But I feel like um, he was never in the right place at the right time uh, to get an opportunity like he deserved to be. I mean, dude, after working with him, that guy should be crew chiefing at a top team, Hmm. no doubt, winning cup races. Easy. I mean, easy, easy. Um, so we were really lucky to have him, but I, he told me his story and kind of how it worked. And it's interesting how he, he would move to a place, um, which would in theory be a better opportunity. And But then the guy that would maybe pick up after him and kind of take his notebook or whatever and what he had built somewhere else would kind of move on and things would line up for them. And they'd, uh. they're a group chief right now in the Cup Series and winning races. A couple of interesting situations like that. So uh, we're lucky that we're able to we were able to snag him. So obviously he's an engineer. Uh, yeah. So he has okay. some. He's kind of an all around crazy what he can do. He's kind of an all around racer. So he can run, you know, simulation, do all the engineering type of stuff. But he's also a common sense racer as well. He's just been racing his whole life. Um, he drove before. He's just worked on and built race cars, built hot rods, like anything and everything. A guy can build anything. So he's hands on, but also has the engineering side. He's very methodical. Um, and detail oriented, which helps us a ton. So he's, he's kind of the whole package. I've never seen somebody that has all those things in one human being. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, he, and I think the reason that me and him meshed so well is, uh, we, we both have the exact same interests. We, um, live for cars and racing. We both love like hot rods, you know, performance street cars. We're both just total gearheads um, and car nuts. We both, uh, like, lifting weights and working out and stuff. He was a former bodybuilder and he does uh, CrossFit and stuff, which I do CrossFit and lift weights. So we have literally all the same interests. Wow. Sounds like a match made in heaven that you <laughs> yeah. couldn't have anticipated when you asked for it. You mentioned there, Matt, that again, he's got the engineering background. Your former crew chief, Gene Need, he was, seemed like the epitome of old school. Has it been a little bit of a different approach this season uh, then for your team and how you approach the uh, the races yeah so I, I worked with gene for quite a while and and gene was a, a great guy and yeah more of a old school racer but you know had a very uh, new very innovative mind as well so he you know um he's very smart in uh, that department but yeah it's been it's been different working with uh, randy and the way that, you know gene came in helped assemble all the right people when you know him and i went to go fast racing together and uh, we went there and they were you know i mean in all honesty running 
in the back. They ran close to last, you know, most most weeks, but they were wanting to improve. So we came there, and, and I couldn't do it without on my own, you know. So I, um, Gene had a great part in going there, assembling all the right people, turning around the race team, and taking it to a whole new level. Um, but then now, you know, moving forward, having Randy, I think we're going to take another step forward because he's uh, very detail-oriented. Oriented, and Gene, yeah, Gene was kind of old school in those ways. Uh, Randy is very, really pays close attention to, to the details, and he'll sit on, like, simulation for hours, you know, <laughs> and, and just uh, making one change at a time. And so, um, yeah, I feel like we get our race cars dialed in really close, um, and we do a really good job of – he does a great job of keeping up with the racetrack and – and out racing a lot of people. That's why we just, I mean, we smoked a lot of people at Richmond just by having a good handling race car and out racing a lot of people. And that's, you know, a lot to do with him. So last year when you were on this podcast, Matt, you talked about how you kind of beat yourself up a lot. You were very, very hard on yourself. At the time, I remember you were doing Twitter videos, just really upset with yourself if you had a bad qualifying effort or whatever. It seems like a year and change into this, and, you know, being at Go Fast and everything like that, you guys have established yourself. Like you said, you formerly ran in the back. Now you guys are inching toward that top 25 on a consistent basis. Are you beating yourself up less <laughs> now that you've established yourself a little bit or feel like the team has established itself? Or? Uh, yeah, I always just want the best, you know, yeah. and I want the best out of myself and I expect the best out of all my guys. And I feel like I bring the best out of everybody because I want it so bad. But yeah, as far as myself, um, I'm always hard on myself, but yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say I beat myself up as much as maybe I used to. I'm just proud and confident. Um, you know, I think I build more confidence every year. I know I can get in the race car and wheel the heck out of it. And so yeah, I have no. So I, I'd say a little more confident maybe in that manner. But I'm still very hard on myself. If I make a mistake, I'm mad at myself. You know. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you learn through mistakes and just keep getting better. But yeah, it's been pretty cool what we've been able to to build and to. to put the team on the map where like we are a really respectable operation now when you arrived on the map matt you started out in the xfinity series with joe gibbs racing and had seven starts for them i think in 2009 2010 those results weren't quite what you wanted when you look at a guy like ryan priest right now who gets into a gibbs ride and wins a couple of races and people are talking about and saying man this kid's gonna get into a full-time xfinity ride or maybe a, a cup ride do you look back at all on you having that same opportunity and thinking, man, maybe I had it a little bit too early? Like if I would have had that kind of success that a priest is having now, maybe that would have changed things for me. That's like the best question in the world because I, really? I, yeah, it, no, it really is because um, it's interesting. I'm really glad and happy the way I that things worked out and the yeah. way that I've had to go about it. But yeah, when I, I'm totally honest. When I was at Gibbs and I got that opportunity, I was fresh out of like part-time late models and. Um, you know, a handful of K&N races, not many. I mean, we went out, went right out there and smoked everybody in the K&N car, um, but I didn't have hardly any experience in getting thrown in the Xfinity series. So my first race, you know, we qualified like fourth. Um, we're running second, you know, and then got caught up in some mess and went to the back, drove all the way through the field, passing, you know, like there were 17 cup drivers in the race. And, and we like <laughs> flying through the field and it was it was cool, but in general, I didn't have the experience. I just turned 18, and when I got – and I was only racing like once every couple months. No testing right. in between, no nothing, no seat time. It was a great opportunity in, in theory, but, you know, I was not ready. Um, I didn't do a good job at all. Um, I made so many mistakes. If I were to – if with my experience now and my confidence and, and everything being 26 years old now – and racing the Cup Series for this many years. <laughs> right. If I were to just flash back and redo that, I could have wore them out. You know, those their cars were 
on point you know when i was in them their their stuff was so fast the gibbs stuff is always fast of course if i went back and did it now i could wear them out and win i feel like i have a shot at winning every race i sat in but but i'm so glad that it happened the way it did because it made me learn from that um learn from some of the mistakes of like i got in the car and and ran you know i was told to run kind of I don't want to say conservative, but like, hey, log laps, we need owner's points, blah, 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 you know, things like that. Worst mistake of my life. I'd have rather at least been out there wheeling the heck out of it and fencing it or something, but at least showing that I had a lot of speed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was a horrible mistake. So I've learned and I will never set foot in a race car without being 100% every lap a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, being smart, of course, at the same time. But so that was a big mistake. I just wasn't ready. Didn't do a good job. So I'm so glad it worked out the way I did where I had to start over, start at rock bottom, start and park cars, do anything just to get in a race car. Then in turn, I've gotten so much seat time, um, you know, over the past, you know, handful of years that now I have so much experience. I couldn't trade it for the world and mentally made me appreciate it all so much more. Right. So now you can apply all those principles, even though it didn't go the way you wanted it's helping you now almost 10 years later in a lot of ways exactly yeah. so now when i get in the position to be winning races whether it be at go fast racing or, or whatever you know um that's when i'm in that equipment or whatever it may be however it works out i i can go win races tomorrow i can be competing yeah. up front tomorrow for wins in the cup series you know but all due to the fact that everything worked out the way it did sure. and made me claw and dig deep and and go the route that I did. You raise a good point, though. I hadn't even thought about it, that in 2009, 2010, you did have 17 cup guys in every Xfinity race. I mean, yeah. The circumstances and, and certainly the, the landscape competitively were a lot different. When you look at what Priest is, I mean, what Priest is doing is impressive, but do you look yeah. at that and think, is there any regret at all about like, man, if I would have just had the chance the way he's got it and the situation laid out the way it is right now, things would have been different? No regrets? Uh, no, because... Um, yeah, what he's done has been really impressive, and a lot of people don't realize that he um, he was in the Xfinity series, you know, driving for JD Motorsports for a right. full year. So it's right. which was great, and he would say the same thing. He would be very glad that he got to do that. So then, when he got to get in the Gibbs stuff, unlike me, you know, he had the seat time experience, so he was ready to plug in, go win races. I didn't have a doubt that he was going to be able to get in and do it. But hmm. for me, I have zero regrets on how my stuff worked out. I'm actually so thankful every day that everything has worked out the way it it has and that I've been at rock bottom and through the emotional roller coaster and all of it because um, I, I've learned to just kind of trust over the years. Everybody has their own theories that um, but I believe heavily more, especially through the crazy things that have happened in and fate and that things happen for a reason. And that's just me because I could not even line up my story and all the things that have happened for me to get here if I had full control. Uh, if I'm not kidding, like 5,000 things had to be in line perfectly for me to be where I'm at today. And if one was out of place, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, we definitely talked about that the last time you were on the podcast last year. And I think that's one of the reasons you're such a fan favorite. And of course, I always check in on your social media before I talk to you. And I know that all-star race voting appears to be the new focus of your Twitter feed. Uh, and I saw that the guy who played Rowdy Burns in Days of Thunder was putting in a good word for you uh, this past yeah. weekend at Richmond. <laughs> so you were close to getting in the all-star race last year, I think. On the so close. Vote? So oh, close. okay. Painfully, yes. <laughs> Are you, you feel like you got a shot this year? Yeah, I do actually. Uh, I've been lucky, man. My fan base has grown a lot even since last year. It's been crazy every year how yeah. much it grows and how much everybody embraces our story and and sees you know how well we do with what we got. So I think we have a, a legitimately. I really do think we have a good shot at this year. I, there's 
no doubts in my mind. You know, obviously it'd be nice if Chase Elliott can win or race his way in because, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of eliminates that very Yeah, well. he's yeah. a fan favorite, which is understandable. Um, so he's a tough one to beat. But yeah, last year we, I think we had more votes than Danica Patrick did. So wow. um, that just shows kind of the dedication of our fan base. And that was legit. They're real, real votes. It just was what, what it was. Everyone was just hard at it every day voting. Yeah. Did they tell you how many short you were? No, they wouldn't <laughs> release that info, but somehow I think uh, my. PR guy Ryan uh, did some digging and asked some questions and found out. I think we were um, if Chase would have raced his way in, we were we were uh, next in. Gotcha. So and gotcha. and he almost he almost did race his way in. It was yeah. super close. So I think he got past. Yeah, he got past like on the white flag, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Let's wrap up with uh, this weekend Talladega Super Speedway. Of course, anything goes there. And I was looking at your stats last year. You led twelve laps in in the most recent race there. So I, I take it this is a free for all, and you go in there with a little bit of confidence, right? Yeah, you know, I feel like I've gotten significantly better as a driver at super speedway racing. Um, I've learned a lot over the years. So, you know, you only go go to four a year, so you have limited time to kind of learn some of the little tricks and things like that. But uh, Daytona earlier this year, we were running third with two laps to go, had a legitimate shot at winning the Daytona 500. We just placed ourselves in position to have a shot at winning. Um, we've always done a good job, I feel like, of racing smart and then being there at the end and being in position to not not only just try and ride and get a good finish, but compete up front and get try and shoot for top 10, top five, or, you know, this year shooting for a win at the Daytona 500. So, yeah, going into Talladega, I feel like, um, you know, our cars always race well. It's kind of an equalizer, you know, being mm-hmm. in the super speedway. So we'll race well, have a shot at, I mean, I'm going there with every intention of having sure. a shot at winning. Those are sure. our, that's our opportunity. So, and, and it can definitely happen. And um, now having more, uh, you know, big, difference i've noticed is having a little more respect from the other drivers and they're going to work you know, with the draft. far from a rookie yeah. now so i feel like they work with me a lot a lot better now and that helps a ton so i, I think it's all uh, going in the right yeah. direction so i look forward to going to talladega yeah. well you win and you don't have to worry about that fan vote i guess right that is one good point that, that, <laughs> that would my be. team brought up today i was like hey you know i didn't think about that that'd make our job a lot easier <laughs> all right well good luck with it um thanks for being here as always appreciate you being on the podcast just a reminder everybody the nascar nbc podcast is available on apple podcasts stitcher google play spotify pretty much everywhere you download podcasts you can get this one please leave a rating a review if you like what you're hearing thanks for listening to the nascar nbc podcast Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.